This is our third podcast in our series on the cytoskeleton, and in this podcast we're going to talk about microfilaments. Microfilaments uh, we can consider essentially as actin filaments is the prototypical example, and this is showing actin that's stained from endothelial cells from the pulmonary artery. The actin is showing up green because it's stained with a fluorescent antibody to actin that's conjugated to a protein that fluoresces back green. The orange stain is for mitochondria, and the blue is just highlighting the nuclei. But you can see the actin microfilaments are scattered throughout these endothelial cells. Now some general properties of actin microfilaments, they're abundant, they're found in virtually all cells, they assemble spontaneously, and they are rather flexible. Actin exists free in the cytoplasm as G-actin for globular actin. Globular actin can polymerize as F-actin or filamentous actin, and here the filamentous actin can polymerize into bundles and networks. F-actin molecules are very highly dynamic, they can polymerize and depolymerize fairly rapidly. Actin molecules consist of two helical strands, about six to eight nanometers in diameter. Like tubules, actin also have a polarity, a plus end and a minus end. But again, like tubules, this does not relate in any way to charge. Actin binding proteins are necessary for polymerization, and the ends of actin molecules will be capped, and that will stabilize the actin cytoskeletal structures. This cartoon is just meant to show you different ways that actin can come together into bundles and networks. And some of these we'll talk about. There are proteins that are severing proteins that can make some of the actin molecules actually shorter and convert the actin gel into a more fluid state. There are cross-linking proteins that can cross-link the actin fibers together in the cytoskeleton. There are capping proteins that will stabilize the ends, as we will talk in a in podcasts later in the course about muscle. There are side binding proteins that relate to actin filaments in muscle fibers, for example. Actin filaments can associate as cells move, and of course actin can interact with various molecular motors to be involved in cell movement. When we talk about muscle movement, we'll talk about actin and myosin interaction, for example. This cartoon just shows you some of the distribution of actin microfilaments in cells. So they would be in the core of microvilli. And here I now want to caution you. When we looked at cilia, we were looking at a core with the ciliary axoneme of microtubules that would be motile. Microvilli are generally not motile, and their core would be actin filaments. And these actin filaments are going to associate with the actin in the cortical cytoskeleton. Uh, so actin might make up the terminal web that would be in the cortical cytoskeleton. That's shown like this. Cells that move are going to put out lamellipodia and filipodia, and actin will be associated with those structures. And you should know that actin also plays an important role in the contractile ring as a cell is finishing the cell division cycle. And we'll talk about that in a later podcast when we talk about the cell cycle. 
actin binding proteins will control the rate of polymerization and some of these actin binding proteins might be called formins and profilins this is actually beyond the scope of our course you may have talked about this a little bit in biochemistry it's a fairly complex area and we're not going to worry that much about it but what I'd like you to understand there can be this pool of actin monomers in the cytoplasm of cells the so-called G actin that can be monomers sequestering proteins that will keep the actin in this globular form or there can be actin binding proteins that will push these actin monomers together to nucleate into an actin filament so the actin binding proteins will control the rate of actin polymerization they'll also control filament organization and I've put in bold some things that we've highlighted before so there are actin bundling proteins fasten and fimbrin which we've looked at before which account for some of the rigidity in microvilli there are actin severing proteins we've not talked about these but one notable one is Gelsolin, which converts actin gel to a more fluid state. There are actin capping proteins, most notably tropomodulin, which is going to regulate thin filament length in the sarcomeres. We're going to talk about tropomodulin in much greater detail in our podcasts on the muscle. There are actin cross-linking proteins. We've talked about these in an earlier podcast on membranes, the notably spectrin, aducin, and band 4.1 protein. These are very important for membrane cytoskeletal interactions, especially those that you see in red blood cells. And then there are actin motor proteins. These are in the myosin family. These proteins hydrolyze ATP. They provide energy for movement from the minus to, pl to the plus end on actin filaments. We'll talk about this also in very great detail when we talk about muscle cells in subsequent podcasts. The top cartoon just shows actin polymerization. So you're showing actin polymerizing at the plus end, actin tending to depolymerize at the minus end, and the bottom is just showing some of the actin binding proteins. The micrograph is a micrograph of cardiac muscle. The actin is stained green. Tropomodulin is stained red. So here is showing the M line in cardiac muscle. We'll talk about what the M line means when we have our podcast cast on muscle and this just shows what the thin filament would look like in muscle cells and again we'll talk about this in much greater detail in these later podcasts I'm sure you've talked a little bit about this in biochemistry but here you've got these actin molecules that wrap around each other and they associate with troponin complexes and with tropomodulin complexes this just shows actin microfilaments interacting with membranes and so you've got a nucleation complex at the plasma membrane that's facilitating actin polymerization that's pushing out a filopodium so this actin microfilament is polymerizing is pushing out part of the membrane and you're pushing out a filopodium it's pushing it outward and in addition, if the cell is moving, crawling is going to require interaction of integrins with the extracellular matrix. And we talked about some of these integrin interactions when we had our podcasts on epithelium. So the cell might be moving in this direction, but then there has to be retraction as the cell continues to move and that retraction is going to be interaction of the actin microfilaments with some of these myosin motor molecules. 
And let's take a couple of minutes and talk about these actin motors, these so-called myosins. The myosin family, there's a variety of myosins. There are at least 18 different forms of myosin that are known. The head region of myosin molecules is conserved, and it has ATPase activity. From the point of view of our course, you need to know about two myosins. There's myosin 1, so-called non-muscle myosin. That exists as a monomer. It's found in all cells. There's a head region that has ATPase activity and a tail region. And then there's myosin 2, which is also found in most cells, but especially in muscle cells. And the myosin 2 makes up the thick filaments in striated muscle. Again, we will talk about that in much greater detail in our podcasts on the muscle. But these myosin 2 molecules are dimers. They consist of two heads. Each head region has ATPase activity, but one tail region as the tails wrap around each other. And this just shows the arrangement of the myosin 2 molecules in a thick filament in striated muscle. This cartoon just shows some of the actin-myosin interactions. So let me just look at the middle first. We'll just be showing the thin filaments sliding past each other with the myosin 2 molecules. You might think of here an interaction of a myosin 1 molecule and vesicles. And remember we told you in an earlier podcast that vesicles within the cell may move along microtubule roadways, but when they get towards the cell periphery, the microtubule tubules might end and the vesicles might jump off the microtubules but jump onto actin microfilaments and these myosin 1 motors might move these vesicles to the cell surface where they confuse with the cell surface the diagram on the bottom showing the myosin 1 molecules interacting with actin and this might be involved in the cell movement as you say maybe retracting a membrane or putting out a filopodium this is just an immunofluorescent image depicting a cell in culture that's been stained with antibodies to actin. Those are shown in green. And then to a protein that associates with integrin receptors, that's stained in the orange or red. Note that the microfilament bundles insert into these integrin protein complexes that are concentrated as spots. And they're all along the periphery of the cell, as you can see like that. And they're also shown in a very much higher concentration on the undersurface. Here's where the cell extracellular matrix adhesion is actually the strongest. This is an interesting image. I've highlighted the top one, just showing some absorptive epithelium in the GI tract. You can see these microvilli that are out on the cell surface. Here's a high power view of the microvilli. We've talked about tight junctions of zonial occludens. We talked about zonial adherens and macula adherens in our podcast on the epithelium. But remember, going into the microvilli are cores of actin molecules. You can see them like this, and you can see them coming down like this, and you can see the terminal web, the so-called actin cytoskeleton in this region. This image just shows some hepatocytes. Hepatocytes have fewer microvilli between them, but again, there's junctional complexes between the hepatocytes. The scant microvilli on the hepatocyte surfaces also show some actin filaments going into the structure or the core of these microvilli, and then in the adherence junction, also some actin filaments.